Welcome to Eureka Street Crypto. This is my anti-professional crypto channel. I'm just a barely sane dude who fell down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. This channel is my fumbling attempt to communicate myself outside my own head about my journey in the crypto space. It is basically my brain dump. None of this is actual financial advice. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto Podcast Hub Show, whatever you want to call it. It is February 14th, 2022. It is Valentine's Day. Um, I gave the obligatory flowers to my kids and uh, got a plant for my wife because she likes plants. She doesn't like flowers because they just die. So, yeah. Um, and I did that yesterday before I got on the road, and there was like five other husbands guys whatever in there all kind of uncomfortably looking around the flower aisle and just you know yeah they really like to jack up those flower prices this time of year but it is what it is um, anyway so yeah um this is my crypto video blog and every single day well not every single day lately um i've been kind of chilling out on that because i've had a lot of other stuff to do but for over a year and ever since october 24th 2020 i've been broadcasting um documenting my process in this crypto space. And uh, um, it's been an interesting ride. I've um, you know, said a lot of, uh, I've discovered a lot of cool things. Um, I've uh, you know, found a lot of cool projects. I've learned an, a, a buttload about you know, crypto and blockchain and consensus mechanisms and cryptography, um, you know, uh, game theory, um psychology philosophy um you, know, you think about questions like economics and finance too I, I you know i do not have a finance background at all and i got into crypto and i didn't even know what a t-bill was for instance or a stock option or anything like that um so i've been the, going from the ground up and all this stuff and it's been a really fun ride i met a lot of cool people all the along the way um when i first started in october 24th 2020 i just flipped on a camera and that was it now I'm sitting here in a hotel in Denver, about to go to ETH Denver, and I'm doing the, the live streaming for Dow Denver, which is a mini conference uh, two days before ETH Denver. So um, it's been really cool. I joined a Dow, uh, formerly called Dowists, now it's called Dow Planet, and somebody in there was just like, you know, it'd be really cool to you know have a little uh, get together before you know ETH Denver. And for all of those who are going to eat Denver, I wasn't planning on going to eat Denver at the time or anything like that. But then it turned into, yeah, let's have a party. Let's rent out a space. First, it started as let's get a ski lodge, you know, and everybody just kind of go hang out together. Then let's let's rent a space near um, eat Denver and have like a little meetup. And then now it's like turned into Dow Denver, you know, and there's sponsors, which there's a juice box campaign going on where you can donate and you'll get the token when they when we tokenize our community and uh it'll help it will it'll help us reimburse the ticket money um back to the people that bought tickets if we can get enough sponsors so yeah i mean i found myself getting involved in all that stuff and that's a far cry from just october 24th 2020 of just flipping on a camera on youtube because i didn't know anybody in crypto 
And, uh, you know, I didn't have anybody to talk about it to. And I didn't want to bother my wife and my friends and my coworkers and everybody about, you know, this blockchain technology, this cryptocurrency that just seems so far fetched to everybody. Now, two years later, um, we're having crypto ads in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Did those crypto ads make as much of an impact as we thought that they would? That is a question because I was thinking that possibly. Um, crypto.com for instance is like real high up on their marketing and um, I believe they bought the Staples arena the the naming rights to it uh, Staples Center is it the crypto.com center now maybe so um, but I mean there's the FTX exchange that bought the Miami heat arena in Miami uh, I mean there's cryptos becoming totally mainstream nfts have been on saturday night live all the celebrities are buying these board ape yachts and crypto punks for hundreds thousands if not millions of dollars right now uh kind of makes the average working schlep like me um kind of <laughs> I, I don't get irritated about it but i can see how you know you just see these you know extremely wealthy celebrities and stuff just throwing around like you know, triple what I make in a year at my my regular old grind job, you know, just because they want to buy a JPEG, you know. So, And when you put it down to that, it's, yeah, this, this, and that started a lot of controversy and a lot of, you know, a, this whole idea of, uh, wait a second, these people have that type of money, like triple my salary in a year just to throw down because one morning, because they feel like they want a JPEG, um, so they could be part of the in crowd with all their friends. And that's really what a lot of the, the crypto punks and the board apes really are. It's not necessarily about like, owning this piece of art. It's kind of uh, a way to show your membership to some kind of exclusive club. So I don't know, man. Um, you do you. And that's yeah, <laughs> is what it is. Um, but yeah, so let me get over here to CoinGecko. Let's take a look and see where the crypto prices are. Um, I have not looked today. So um, yeah, this is the spirit of the show. You just kind of going along this crypto ride with me. So whenever I am just looking up stuff and I listen to podcasts and yesterday I drove uh, from Austin, Texas, all the way to Denver, Colorado, nonstop. I just stopped two times to get gas and um, that's it, man. And, you know, I got in last night around like 10, uh, 10.25 is what time I got in and I left at about 9.40, I think. Something like that. Maybe 10, no, about 10.20. Yeah, and I left about 10.25 in the morning. Yeah, 10.25 in the morning. And I, I got here at, at uh, 10.25 at night, and then there's that one-hour time change. So let's take a quick look at this crypto market. Let's see where we are on a Monday morning, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Um, okay, so Bitcoin's at $42,582.53. Ethereum is down below to 3000 again at 2943.67. Uh, Binance coin 401.75. Okay, so most everything's kind of in the red right now. And I noticed that yesterday when I was um, driving up here, you know, I, I look at crypto prices and drive sometimes. But, you know, I have that little thing on my dashboard, the little thing that holds my phone. And I, you know, I dictate into the phone my commands. And, uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, XRP, 80 cents, Cardano, dollar five, Solana. Nothing really like significant happening. Polkadot's down by 14% at 1872. Solana's down 0.2%. So not quite the reaction I thought we'd have. Crypto.com is up seven days, but it's down 5.5%. Um, I didn't. I don't know what kind of Super Bowl ads that they had for crypto. So uh, if you guys know, I, I'm going to have to look that up and see um, what what was going on with the Super Bowl crypto ads. 
you know, and like really there are a lot of people driving through no man's land between Austin, Texas, all through West Texas, up through New Mexico and through Southern Colorado. You realize that a lot of those people just don't concern themselves with the Super Bowl, you know, and uh, yeah, you're, you're yeah. I mean, I went through one town and I, was, yeah, I, I started smelling something and I was, I was like, oh, no, man, this transmission problem is catching up with me. Um, I this sucks. I'm, I'm in the middle of like, uh, was it? I can't remember the name of the, the, the town. It's like way just before the New Mexico border up north past Amarillo at Dalhart, Dalhart, Texas. I was like, dude. I, I smell my, I hope this is not my engine. And so I was like, man, okay. So, and then I rolled down the window to see if I could possibly smell smoke come out. Of my, but and then I realized the entire town smelled like cow poop. And, uh, yeah. So b- b- how this relates back to crypto is that that entire town, their focus is on the rodeo and things like that and livestock. And, you know, there are tons of people out there that could not give two rats asses about the Super Bowl, and uh, I think we overplay it a little bit. And so I did end up buying like a hundred dollars worth of crow tokens uh, just to see if, if there would be some price appreciation. And it's probably you know I think smart at this stage in the game to maybe you not financial advice. I'm not like shilling anything, and I'm not trying to teach you anything with this with this podcast. I'm just talking crypto, but uh, uh, because you know I don't want to just like bother my friends and family with it. Uh, but yeah, it's a 48 cents. I mean, honestly, I, I, I have a, a lot of other crow token that I've had for a while since it was about 12 cents. So I'm doing pretty well on it and I have it in their DeFi wallet. They have their main centralized wallet and then they have a DeFi wallet that they've created with uh, their own separate crypto.com crow blockchain, CRO blockchain. And um, yeah, so that you get to hold the keys to your crypto on that um so you know that, that's the difference that i, I kind of need to emphasize to new people and that this podcast really i tried to gear it towards trying to explain some of these concepts to new people as you have your centralized exchanges that's crypto.com that's ftx exchange that's coinbase that's binance um, anything you do on there they hold the keys to your crypto um they can you know, shut down the exchange. Coinbase has been notorious for it. Anytime there's been like some kind of major spike in price, or there's a lot of activity, suddenly Coinbase is down. You know, and, and it, you, maybe about a year and a half ago, or something like that, or a year ago, it was like clockwork. Anytime that Bitcoin moved um, greatly, then suddenly he'd be like, "Yep, about time for Coinbase to go down." You know, so. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so. That's that. That's centralized exchanges. And where was I going with that? Yeah, crypto.com has their centralized exchange, but they also have a DeFi wallet that you can download. You get to hold the keys to that. You write it down on the piece of paper. Make sure you always write your keys down on a piece of paper. Do not store them on notepad on your on your laptop or on your desktop. And don't take a picture of the private keys with your phone. And you know, I've been guilty of that. You know, I've been like, okay, you know, I'm just right now out and about. I just need to set up a wallet wallet real quick. I'm gonna take a picture of this with my phone and I swear I'll delete it. And then I'll find like three weeks later. I'll be going through my photos and there are those private keys, you know, the, the seed phrase. I'm like, ah, man. Okay. So then I finally write it down and then I delete the photo, but I've been guilty of that too. So don't, you know, I ain't judging, you know, that's all I'm saying. Um, 
So yeah, crypto.com did not go up as much as I thought it would. Are there any like major gainers in the uh, top like 100 tokens? And the Leo token, um, that's associated with that whole Bitfinex hack and those two uh, crazy celebrities um, that um, are busted right now for allegedly stealing $3.6 billion worth of Bitcoin um, from the Bitfinex hack that happened in 2016. And uh, I believe it was like 94,000 Bitcoin or 74,000 Bitcoin at the time that was stolen. And uh, they've managed to now trace it back to these two individuals. When you look at these two individuals, you'd be like, how are these people, you know, um, <laughs> these masterminds behind it? But uh, I did find out that um, uh, it's a couple, it's a married couple, Elia something, I can't pronounce his last name right now, and then Heather Morgan. And Heather Morgan wrote the book on social engineering. And if you don't know what social engineering is, it's kind of a way to hack something, but it's not done through, you know, shadowy super coding. It's social engineering. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. Social engineering is, hold on, let's see here. Um, I'm myself a coin hunt. And the wiki, hold on, wrong wiki. I got to go to um, social Oops, not SoCal. Um, so, so social engineering is like the whole idea of convincing somebody. Like, here's an example: Con convincing somebody that you are, you know, a part of a security team, or walking in some place and you know, kind of acting like the cock of the walk, and using psychology to convince somebody that you're not and then trying to get yourself in through credentials and stuff like that um so here here's a yeah social engineering six key principles authority intimidation consensus social proof scarcity urgency familiarity liking and four social engineering vectors vishing um okay that huh okay so yeah, this is some. I'll link this in the description. Um, but it's basically a way to fish, you know, and that's fish with a ph. And um, you, you might get a DM on Telegram. You might that you know, ask to be your friend, and they start buttering you up, and you know, they social engineer you to end up to where you trust them to give for you to give them their private keys. So it's basically just being a con artist. Um, you know. So let's see here. Uh, some some of these key features, six key principles. Um, in social engineering, the attacker may pose as authority to create the likelihood of adherence from the victim. Uh, they might use intimidation, potentially disguised, informs or implies that there will be negative consequences if certain actions are not performed. Consequences could include subtle intimidation phrases such as, I'll tell your manager, to much worse. Um, yeah, so Heather Morgan, basically, she wrote an entire book on social engineering. So Pete, when people say, you know, oh, well, she's just some goofy female rapper, you know, that if you just Google her, you know, uh, Razzlecon, this R-A-Z-Z-L-E-K-H-A-N uh, on YouTube, you will find her goofy rap. And to me, like I said um, a couple episodes ago, it kind of reminds me kind of like a new female hipster Weird Al Yankovic. I know what I don't think what she's trying to do is actually serious. I mean, some people are kind of like, but it's definitely what what the kids call cringe nowadays, you know. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cringy, you know. And you look at it, but I think that she's kind of just being dumb you know i don't know i don't know how but either way whatever she's the social engineer right she wrote the book on it and i think that she's smarter than people give 
give her credit for her and her husband. Um, so maybe she could have come out with a $3.6 billion in the hack. But uh, I mean, she stayed in New York City. You know, she's a pretty high profile person. Her and her husband are, you know, writing for magazines like Forbes and Inc., you know, being a female rapper and all this stuff, um, taking, you know, rowdy, uh, spicy photos and videos of herself and just goofy antics. I mean, it's in the public eye. Uh, people are and they 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 stored the private keys on an Amazon web service cloud service. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe sometimes the most obvious, the best hiding place is sometimes out in the open, you know, like the, the social engineer your way into being the least uh, likely candidate for something. I don't know. But either way, they got busted. Um, I can't remember how I got on that topic. Um, but let me tell, let me show you an example of social engineering here on Twitter. There's this thread that I, um, bookmarked. It's a pretty, pretty interesting story. And it's about how somebody kind of got, um, conned. Uh, let me see here. Let me go to my bookmarks and let's see here. Uh, okay. This is Thomas G .eth, And I don't know who this is, but, uh, it's, it's an interesting thread that I kind of stumbled upon. And uh, let's see here. Um, okay, so let me just check, make sure the stream is okay. All right, we're good. Okay, so he says, for the past two weeks, I've been targeted in an extremely thorough social engineering scam that nearly cost me all my Ethereum. I'm super lucky to have made it through unscathed. And here's the story. Okay. All right, first, quick background. I'm the founder of Aero, a DAO working to build open source VTOL aircraft and air taxi protocol. We are still fairly early stage in throwing the team. We're open to contribution and don't turn anyone away if they're excited to help. Okay, so two weeks ago, this user Hexshine joins the Discord and introduces himself. He's currently working at Ubisoft and offers to help with 3D design and animation. The message seems a little strange, but I just attribute it to that, to a language barrier. So, you know, why would somebody with these amazing 3D design and animation skills want to come in and just help? You know, like that's just, you know, usually people want to get paid for their efforts and stuff like that. However, this is a new space. I mean, this is the crypto space. This is the DAO space. And like I said in my last episode, I believe this is a space that is kind of leveling the playing field for a lot of people. You know, like, for instance, myself, you know, I have I'm getting into live streaming and, and, and broadcasting and stuff like that. Um, just a few years ago, without the crypto space being involved, it would have been extremely difficult for a guy like me to get involved and to, to be able to learn from the people that I've been learning from uh, who are high uh, professionals in this field. But because we have crypto and the DAO in common, I'm able to meet in the DAO and learn some very um, uh, niche skills in the AV industry that I would normally not get to learn unless I was already working for some AV company like that. Um, so <clears throat> that's what crypto does. It lays the playing field. So this may be a reason why somebody you would think that has these really good 3D design and animation skills would want to come in because everybody is kind of joining DAOs right now. They're interested in the space from all walks of life and skill levels. Um, so yeah, um, anyway, so Hexshine also has a friend that is really passionate about VTOLs and working on a Metaverse project. Her brother-in-law is a VP at Boeing. Wow, what a connection. Okay, and it you know shows the, the little quote of the messages as proof and all that. Um, so over the next few days, Hexshine starts working on various animation projects for Arrows. 
He designs a really neat animated version of the hero image for our website and begins working on some aircraft renderings. We're all super impressed by his dedication to the project. All right. And then number five, while this is happening, Heckshine also reaches out to his friend, Lynn. She's apparently interested in Heckshine and Heckshine asked me to send her an email from what he has told me, Lynn seemed like a great connection and it shows their little discord exchange right here. Okay. So Lynn gets back to me with a very thoughtful email. She tells me a bit about her metaverse project space Falcon. I'm not really sold on it, but I'm not really an NFT person. So I didn't have any reason to think it was a bad idea. I mean, space, Falcon, but I mean, there's tons of, goofy ass nft projects out there i'm not really into nfts either if somebody were to sit here and show me like this entire like you know write paragraphs about it and then possibly show me websites and stuff like that and here's look look looks like there's a white paper attached and all that you know, I, I tend to believe them you know like i'm yeah I'm gullible. <laughs> so anyway, she also tells me a bit more about her connection with Boeing slash Whisk and offers some thoughts on Arrow. She seems eager to help with a potential partner for us. The tone of the email is a little strange, but I assume it's also just the language barrier. So number eight, Lynn and I move the conversation over to Discord. We talk more about our backgrounds and end up deciding that she can best help out as an advisor. She offers to provide guidance and advice all around what would work well regarding partnerships for us. I'm excited for the support. And sure, anybody who's you know forming a DAO right now in this space, the yeah, you know, to get people excited about DAOs is what we're all trying to do. It's what DAO Denver is about to educate and get you know evangelize DAOs and stuff in a way. Uh, so yeah, you're excited. You get excited when people also seem stoked about it. Uh, so nine, she then tells me more about Space Falcon. It's kind of like Eagle thing, you know, Cobra guy. Um, <laughs> seems kind of like a get rich quick scheme. But again, that's kind of how I see a lot of NFTs with all that she's doing for Arrow. There's no harm in showing a little support and everything right now. Um, I mean, there are so many get rich quick schemes out there right now. It's, it's really hard to sift through. So you kind of have to spend a little time sometimes in get rich quick schemes until you're either like, okay, this is legit or, oh, yeah, I think I'll pull back a little bit. But you have to kind of jump in a little bit to first to, to really determine because some of them are really difficult to, to, to figure out. Okay, so uh, number 10, Space Falcon, Falcon used something called Armstrong Wrapped Ether. Okay, uh, I don't really get it, but I don't bother to do the research. Apparently, users will have to use lease the, lease the NFTs, and it can provide some passive income to the holders. I tell her that it sounds neat to keep me updated. And there are some other type of um, projects where you can lease out your NFTs or you can lease an NFT. For instance, HumanDAO, um, you can, if you are somebody that um, does not have a lot of money, enough money to buy into an Avogachi, no, an Axie Infinity, sorry. If you if you are um, somebody like, for instance, in the Philippines right now, they, they have a program, HumanDAO uh, partnership where people are, um, le they're leasing, they're renting these NFTs, these Axie Infinity NFTs to be able to play the game. And then the person that owns the NFT uh, takes a cut of the winnings. And so it's kind of a mutual partnership. And then, you know, when people earn enough, they can buy their own NFTs and then, da -da 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 -da, you know, all right. So uh, that's kind of how that works. So it's not unheard of. All right. So, and then number 11, somewhere in here, I actually look up Space Falcon. I've never heard of it, but it seems like a fairly popular gaming project on Solana. I see Lynn's name on the team tag. Lynn and I agree to stay in touch and I move on to other things. 
yeah, and then a lot in a lot of the space, there's so much coming at you, you don't have time to examine every single little thing. You know, so for the next 10 days or so, Heckshine is active in Discord every day. He puts out some high quality renderings. They're not particularly airworthy, but he's super excited to be helping, and I figure we'll improve with some iterations. Um, and who knows? I mean, maybe Heckshine did not even know anything about you know that it's potentially going to be social engineering and a scam. You know, maybe he's just some innocent person that got hired on to be a 3D artist. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, yeah, I I can see that happening. Trust me. Okay, so number thirteen. I can't overstate how committed and authentic Heckshine has seemed through this entire process. We're super aligned on vision, and I'm feeling great that he's so enthusiastic about what we're working on. Um, yesterday is when things started to get really crazy. Heckshine and I had been DMing back and forth for a while about the design for our V1 aircraft. He gets the entire configuration and he's ready to get started on a rendering when he gets up in the morning. Uh, number 15, as we're wrapping up, Lynn reaches back out to me with some crazy exciting news. She's going on a tour of the WISC facility and has invited me to go along with the team. She includes a screenshot of the email thread with Sebastian, who is actually a VP at WISC. Okay. So there's the screenshot as proof. Um, in hindsight, this is kind of absurd. I had no reason to think that any of this wouldn't be real. We set a date for the trip and Sebastian is going to get back with me to me with a formal invite over email. I'm pumped and incredibly grateful to Lynn for setting this up. I mean, that is kind of a dream if you're really into that type of aircraft and then to be connected with people at Boeing who can help you make that actually happen. Besides, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, 17, this is when Lynn mentions that their staking app has launched. Um, for the NFTs that I was telling you about. Um, she offers to send me the NFT. At this point, testing out the app is the least that I can do. Yeah, so, all right. Um, I ask her to send it to my hot wallet, but she sends it to my primary because it's so valuable, right? No big deal, right? Um, she sends me some instructions on the staking app. So a hot wallet is just kind of this throwaway wallet that you use. Um, you know, I have a lot of different MetaMask accounts. I have accounts with you know Rainbow Wallet, Trust Wallet, you know my Ether Wallet with Math Wallet, you know all types of stuff. And sometimes I just use one of these rando MetaMask addresses just as a quick transfer through instead of using the one where I hold a bunch of stuff like PO apps and you know and uh, NFTs and you know stuff like. Like that. Uh, so anyway, this is when Lynn mentions that they're staking it. All right, we, we read that one. Um, so number 18, she sends me some instructions on the staking app. The site seems fine and it asks, has prompts for three transactions, the NFT approval, a token approval for the Armstrong wrapped ETH and a stake function. The token approval seems a little strange, but I don't hold it, so I don't worry. Okay. Uh, so you got to watch out for these the token approvals and MetaMask, you know, you got to read and you got to learn to read about token approvals. Um, so um, that's where they'll get you. Um, so anyway, now here's where I got incredibly lucky. Since it's a new project, I decided to move the NFT to a fresh Ethereum address before going through the staking process, just in case they get exploited down the road or something. Uh, the stake goes through and I'm earning yield on it. And you always want to check a project on their, on, you want to check the smart contract on their project and see if they've been audited, see what the code looks like and stuff like that. All right. Um, and this guy was smart. He moved it to just a fresh Ethereum address because um, if he uh, approves something, uh, there could be some bad code in there that will approve everything in his wallet. So um, I let Lynn know that I'm staked and that it was easy. She offers to send me one of the other NFTs, but she wants me to stake it on my main account to help them with their growth. 
a little annoying, but I'm fine with it. I let Lynn know that I'm going to read through the contracts before I stake it on my main account, and she starts getting pushy. This is when I finally realize that something sketchy is going on. Yeah, they don't want you reading the actual smart contract. And all you got to do is copy and paste the smart contract um, in MetaMask to um, Etherscan, and then you can look at the contract. And uh, there are plenty of videos out there. And I will go through one of these. Um, I actually made one of these videos called Smart Contract Literacy with Bank Listow. And uh, yeah, that goes through on how to read some of this stuff. But that's, I'll save that for another episode. But that's when he finally realizes when something sketchy is going on. Uh, number 22. So I pull up the ether scan for the new address where I stake the first NFT and my blood goes ice freaking cold. Uh, the A uh, wrapped, the A with that I proved was not Armstrong Ethereum, but rather Aave's A with on my main, ad, on my main address, almost all of my ETH is sitting in Aave. Aha, at this point, I ghost the scammers and they eventually start deleting all their discord messages as some sort of the final attempt. Uh, she sends me 0.2 Ethereum to cover gas fees and asks for the NFTs back. <laughs> That, that that's a little ridiculous yeah why 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 would you do that not sure what the logic is with that is what he says yeah yeah i don't know anyway i dig further into the contract and i almost approved to spend my uh, a with and i find this truly terrifying function this is where the scammers would have been able to transfer any amount of a with um that's wrapped ethereum on ave out of my account i'm at the limit for this thread standby for part two okay so and then here's a number 25 as I continue poking through the scammer's address on Etherscan, I eventually find the source of their funds, a 100 ETH a Tornado Cash deposit. These guys were incredibly well-funded and super smart. If you don't know what Tornado Cash is, it's kind of just this mixer that uh, helps to keep transactions and wallet uh, destinations and you know, all that stuff anonymous. It's a way to anonymize your transactions and to hide um, wallets activity. Um, so it's a way to launder, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so not that I do any of that. I don't, but, uh, yeah. Uh, um, but tornado caches is a actually legit cool app, um, to help with privacy, which is, you know, super important, especially right now in this political climate. Anyway, so I won't get into that anyway. So I assume that they hired a 3d design con contractor that was putting out Hexshine's work. Um, they also built, uh, or maybe Heckshine was hired, uh, uh, you know, and didn't know that what, who he was working for because he was just a 3D guy. I don't know. But they had also built custom contracts, and the front end are entirely specific to this scam, as I can tell. And what about Space Falcon? That seems super legit, right? Um, as far as I can tell, it's a real project on Solana. The real project is using the spacefalcon.io domain, and the, where the scammers somehow acquired .com. So the Lynn that I've been interacting with is probably just an imposter, the real Lynn working on the real Space Falcon. Um, okay, what are the takeaways? Token approvals can be super dangerous. That is absolutely correct. I'm always going to be extremely cautious with them going forward. It makes sense to always put a cap on approvals when you can. Uh, yes, and there is a little function in MetaMask. And periodically, you should probably go through and delete these open uh, approved websites um, just, you know, it, it's smart, you know, just to cover your tracks in that way. Um, and let's see here. Uh, scammers are getting smarter before now. The best scam I really encountered is hi, this is tech support. Can you please share your private key so we can help, you know, 
and you usually find those in Telegram, and they try to hit you up on Discord and stuff like that. Usually, uh, they go jump into Discord groups, and the community spots them, and everybody immediately kicks them out, and everybody screams because they end up trying to use the at everyone tag in Discord or at here tag, and that tags everybody. And uh, yeah, people people uh, catch on to those real quick. But this is this is a crazy one. And then he says, "Oh my God, um, bet you feel." relieved okay no that's what just what sorry this is a similar looking icon yeah so somebody said oh my god i bet you feel relieved and sick at the same time uh today i bought two uh something nfts direct off the project website through my metamask only to be told that they had actually sold out six hours ago um yeah anyway whatever so that's that's social engineering for you i mean that is what social engineering is about you have to be careful about imposters um and then back to the uh the uh, the couple um, Heather Morgan and Ilya um, Heather and Ilya um, Ravikan yeah, that that uh, we're holding that three point six billion dollars worth of stolen Bitcoin um, yeah you know, she wrote the book on social engineering they might not be the sharpest tax in the drawer as far as like how to store and launder all that stuff but maybe they were masters on how to acquire and and to social engineer their way into that Bitcoin you know like so. People say there's no way that they could have been the hackers, but they have this idea of hacker in their mind of this person, you know, uh, like a hoodie over their head, you know, just like the standard image, you know, like Elizabeth Warren was trying to say, shadowy supercoder. No, they don't always look like that. They can come in the form, you know, of a goofy looking couple, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. So always ex expect the unexpected. Um, anyway, that was kind of just my little, um, hey, what's up, uh, datagram of visuals. Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Broadcasting live from, well, I normally say Leander, Texas, but I'm not in Leander, Texas, but I say Leander. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I'm, I digress. Um, I am going to um, call today. I have a long day ahead of me. I'm going to be live streaming tomorrow, the Dow Denver event. If you uh, uh are in Denver or Ethereum Denver, you should go check out Dow Denver. Uh, let me go to this website, DowDenver.org, right here. This is it. Uh, it's not too late to jump in. It's going to be at the Temple Bar in downtown Austin. Look at that venue. It's a total like Miami style, you know, or Berlin, you know, just like, you know, chrome shirt club vibe. But, uh, you know, that seems like a really cool venue for, for, for what's going on here. So lots of really cool speakers, including Charles Hoskinson as well. So, you know, he jumped on last minute. You know, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> so even Frog Monkey from Bankless Dow is going to be there too. So, yeah. Um, and uh, you can contribute to this um, by, let's see here. Um, the Juice Box Dow is having a fundraiser for this so we can make it free for everybody. And uh, right here, Juice Box, community funding for people and projects. And um, reimburse everybody that bought tickets because in the spirit of East Denver, we want to kind of, you know, flatten it out and make it available for everybody um, here. And right, it should be in trending projects. Yeah, number three, Dow Denver right there. So go to juicebox.money. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a Kickstarter, but a decentralized version. You know, if those truckers in Canada, um, you know, they got they, – the government, you know, God, man, uh, GoFundMe was going to take their funds. And regardless of what you think about about all this trucker convoy, what side you're on or whatever, 
that they were going to take those funds that people donated to the truckers and give them to other charities, you know, the ones that they thought were right, you know, which is probably not the same charities that the people donating to the trucker convoy would have wanted to donate to, you know? So I mean, regardless of what you think, the whole, this, this does nothing but just scream a case for, for crypto, you know, and for decentralization. The fact that some centralized entity can take your money and cancel your at, at best cancel your donation and at worst reroute them to uh donate to charities and, and organizations that they think it should go to i mean that's just ridiculous and the fact that they're able to cut that off um, i'm sure is a um yeah a huge reason for crypto and bitcoin and, and yeah use case <laughs> so because nobody is allowed to cut that off for you in the crypto world yeah so i think uh that they kind of uh pulled the rug and pull, pulled the curtain back a little too soon on all this and they exposed themselves whenever they cut off the funding for gofundme and uh, they showed the world what they're doing and um, they also showed an amazing use case for uh, cryptocurrency so at the same time. So, yeah, there's always a silver lining to this stuff. All right. Uh, well, that being said, you guys have a good day. And uh, let me go into here. I will give my outro screen. And, um, yeah, I will probably talk to you guys tomorrow morning. All right. Bye. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.